Hello everyone and welcome to this week's um, episode of the Mediumship Diaries called Haunted Accommodation. Firstly, if I am sounding a little bit hoarse on this podcast, I do have a little bit of a cold, so do be a, bear with me. I hope it doesn't cause too much frustration for you while you're listening. Basically, this week's podcast is all about some experiences I encountered while on um, holiday in the UK with uh, my wife, children and mother-in-law last week. And it really is going to highlight for you what it's like to juggle things like parenthood, rescue mediumship, um, life, negative entities and health and all of those things and how did I make it work, how did this come about, how did I help child spirits on this journey, how did I help a female murder victim on this journey and how did I keep a negative entity at bay while I carried out my work all while many people around me would not have a single clue of what I was doing. Let me now um, take you on the journey that um, I had um, on my uh, yeah uh, family getaway coming up next. So let me start by saying that I have visited um, this destination before and it was um, a couple of years I think before the COVID-19 pandemic and I did sense spiritual activity then but um, not on quite the level that I did this time. There could have been many reasons for that such as um, changes in my development or just the particular room parts of the area that I was staying in. Now, when I got to um, our holiday accommodation, I did um, think, well, you know, it's nice and spacious, it's nice and bright. I did notice in myself, however, that I had an increased level of irritability um, and it hasn't been, it's been more noticeable to me since I've come home, actually, um, just how kind of irritable I felt at points there. And what I should have done and this is a a learning point for anybody listening, is in my head, I did think and feel, um, actually, I'm going to kind of take off my mediumship hat and focus solely on family and health because I have um, some health problems where I really do have to be careful about how much walking I do say or how much activity. And... I really thought in my head it's totally okay to take a a, a little break and of course it is, it absolutely is and in 99% of cases when I say to the spirit world, especially when I'm working at home and I'm doing distant distant work, when I need that break, um, it happens. However, the situation I found myself in when I was there is that once I acknowledged the activity that was happening and I said okay you know I really I can't turn away from it because there are some souls desperate for my help and um, really in the cases here it was quite sort of heartbreaking. Now what was observed in the accommodation by all the adults so there was three of us was the slamming of doors and I mean like slamming you know not you know that the door would be say wedged open completely with a chair or something like that and the door would slam or a flask would fall off uh, a tabletop and 
things would you know um i would hear i'd be sitting saying like if my family were out and i was uh, at the flat having a rest to, to balance my breathing um i would hear like three little knocks on the um kitchen or the door that come into the kitchen and, and things like that um so one morning before we went out i think it was the second or third day i sensed quite a bit of activity and and while um my wife and children were getting ready i i went to the window where there's a kind of little balcony and all i did was touch the top wall top part of the wall um because i felt guided to and if my higher self and my guides are guiding me towards a certain area um i i will go because i believe yeah there's a reason i need to connect to something there so I think I had my cup of coffee in one hand and I just put my hand on the wall and then boom, all the mental imagery started coming. All the feelings started flooding into me, the emotions of the spirits that were um, in the environment. Um, I think during when I was sort of doing this, my wife did um, come in and say, what am I doing? And I said, oh yeah, I'm doing my um, heebie-jeebie work, which is her name she calls it for the spiritual work I do all the face that I pull but actually when I had my hand on that wall um I was witnessing a very disturbing scene I saw a woman in in period dress um wearing a lot of white uh long brown hair and it was like she had a rope being kind of put round her neck and she was being dragged through the water and she was just yeah she was just dripping wet and there was all that kind of anxiety and then I started to see children I would say very young children between uh, I want to say between three and six um and I realized in in that environment that I was in I just needed to take a little kind of time out. So I just said, I'm, you know, I'm going into the bedroom for a bit. I got asked if I was all right. It was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just doing my um, heebie-jeebie work. And as soon as I closed the door and I sat on the bed and I closed my eyes, these three beautiful children uh, dressed in period clothing came up to me um, and they were just so beautiful. They were holding some, it, it looked like um, some, one of them in front looked like it was this old kind of ragged toy it was holding, he was holding. Um, and he had this, he had almost like beautiful grayish hair, silvery hair. And I just felt that I needed to call him Blue. And um, the three child spirits were there and they were lost and they they just didn't really know what was going on they just I think they just knew that the days were just the same that they, I don't think they re- really knew and I didn't feel that I needed to do too much with them they didn't need to communicate too much with me because honestly when I was looking into their eyes and tuning into their heart I was just feeling love but feelings of of being lost and just wanting to be with their family so in that time I was in the bedroom, I was um, helping those uh, three child spirits and the murder victim 
go to the light so my guides were already present but as a rule of thumb um, I always um, ask for their presence anyway I always run through it in my head (coughs) excuse me and um, it was very beautiful Um, and then as they were crossing into the light I saw an entity um, in my mind's eye that was out on the sort of almost like a little playing field that was between the kind of flats and um, he looked like something out of um, a Scrooge movie do you know what I mean if you look at if you looked at the um, picture on this podcast he was just yeah black coat really thin pointy face chin nose and he was just absolutely via this walking stick and he's still very much in my in my mind so mental mediumship he was warning me off helping any more lost souls he was saying things to me like what negative entities normally say to me is like who do you think you are how dare you um i'll you know you can't stop me um i can scare you that the normal kind of thing that completely never works with me anyway and what I was able to do with my gifts, um, and this is using light techniques, so there's many light techniques, and I do sort of teach them on my on my community platform. But um, by activating the light within me and with my spirit guides, I'm able to put a light barrier between me and the entity, and between him and any of the other spirits that were coming forward for my help. Now, um, I am going to do a distance session and remove Mr. Black. The reason why I didn't remove Mr. Black when I was there is because I didn't want to undertake a negative entity removal session um, with my family staying in, in the same area. So although I practice my work from home, I have a sort of outdoor space And I know it might sound silly because it's not too far from my house, but it's not within the walls. My practice is not within the walls of my home. And um, I didn't feel comfortable with, with, you know, being on holiday in in that environment and, and doing that work. But I managed to put a light barrier up. Now, um, when, um, obviously we, we did some things, um, during the during the day but when um I'd come back because I can't manage much walking about and things like that before my breathing kind of changes uh, and I need to have a rest um I decided to tune into the activity that was going around um on in the flat still because there was there was knocking and um, there was there were some children outside sort of um, swearing and, and um, <clears throat> I thought it was quite funny actually that it, that it rained and they and they ran in. Um, I think that would have been nicer for them if because if they'd known what the, what was on that pitch when they were when they were running around it but I tuned into it again and opened up the light window again with my guides <clears throat> and what I found, was there were more spirits that were were crossing up and I was still kind of 
getting the the evil eye from um, Mr. Mr. Black. Um, and in my mind's eye, um, I was seeing that that whole area way, way back in time used to have quite a few workhouses on on them and that um, children were actually snatched at a very young age and, and put to work with them. And this Mr. Black was a person that would, would take children, snatch children and make them work to the bone. Um, and, and if they died, they died. It's simply no, no compassion whatsoever. Um, now, I don't need any devices to do my mediumship. Um, I don't use any digital devices when I do any appointments for people at all. Um, everything I, I do is is like, you know, mental mediumship. However, to help people understand what I'm experiencing, sometimes I do use devices while I'm working to record um, spiritual activities, spiritual voices, to help people who are watching my content or listening to my content understand that what I'm experiencing is actually um, real. So um, it is on YouTube, so Sarah Lee Alternative Medium, and um, it's on, the link is also onto my, on my Facebook as well. And basically spirits do come forward um, using this kind of um, white noise app, telling me about the workhouses and how, um, yeah, he used to take them. And how some of them were saying that they'd watch me do the um, rescue mediumship session, which of course um, spirits do. Um, once you, that's the thing when you practice in rescue mediumship, if there's others nearby, they're going to see that light show going off because I might not see all the energy that comes off me and see everything in really clear imagery because I, I feel it, I have a clear knowing, I can hear what's going on, there's various different senses that come in. Um, for spiritually that's quite a light show so of course other lost souls are gonna um, come to come towards you if you're practicing rescue mediumship there and yeah it, it was just a very very interesting experience and I always find it incredibly heartbreaking when I come across child, child spirits who are lost, um, especially when I find out that they've been taken at such a young age and, and abused. Um, and, you know, it's it, it, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me because I feel in some parts of the world today these things probably still happen I think human slavery and abduction child slavery and um paedophile rings and all kinds of awful things still exist I just feel in those times you know it was a lot more savage and nobody made an effort to really stop it do you know what I mean um so those that was the work that I did um and I'm going to talk about on the next part of this um, podcast just what it's like to be uh, to, to see those things, to feel those things, do that kind of work, and then quickly kind of take that hat off and flip straight into the parent 
you know, parent hat, the activity hat, um, and, what, and what it's what it's like for being a rescue medium and and having a kind of normal um, life here, but also flipping into action like that and trying to come back from it and and what that feels like. So that will be coming up next. So some of the things I did to recover quickly from what I had seen in this session um, to to be with my family um, afterwards is when I end any piece of work that I do, even though say like those spirits have, have crossed to the light, okay, um, there are energetic cords that connect us to everything, our homes, our work, um, relationships, friendships. And for that time we're working together, an energetic um, cord is is working between uh, me and, and who I'm helping. And so the bit that comes to the end of every session, I, I always imagine that there's this really kind of strong pair of scissors or something like that that just comes in and cuts the cord so I visualize it and I visualize the kind of separation I have from that energy doesn't mean that those spirits can can never um, speak to me again of course they can and that does happen but that if I've created there is a separation then I talk to all of my guide team and and thank them for all the the work that they've helped me do um, and what they've done in the session Um, and I go all the way up my guide team so I have like my base guide uh, team level and then I go up into different healers um, all the way up to um, what I refer to as the source Um, I've never quite liked the term uh, God um, some people might refer um, to the energy as the, as the great spirit, the creator, um, you know, universal energy. Um, for me, I quite like the term source and I feel and see all this beautiful white light completely coming around me Um where I'm kind of staying, living, um, around family, friends. And I feel totally kind of safe and protected from the work I've done, even though there's a negative entity out there with the barriers that he can't get to me. Um, Then what I do is I visualise a kind of um, cloak of light going around me that almost covers me from head to toe completely. Um, Usually the light is white, but if I feel that I need another color on top, maybe I'll put another cloak on, or maybe I'll just use a different color, like like purple. I very much go with my intuition of what comes into my mind's eye, what I feel, what my guides may advise me to do. And what that does, all of that does is it helps me separate away from the the session I've done, feel totally protected and uh, feel more balanced. Yeah, and the white light that comes in often kind of removes any kind of energy that I might have absorbed from the session. I make sure that I'm grounded, so um, feet on the floor, um, 
a glass of water, a cool glass of water can do it. Um, walking barefoot outside could do it. Hugging trees could do it. Imagine your feet are feeling very, very heavy, that they're almost like they're sticking into cement or there's like roots coming out of them, anchoring you deep into the earth and making sure I'm grounded. So I'm fully present back in what I'm supposed to be doing. I've shut myself off from that session. I've put an extra kind of protection of light around myself, had some energy balanced uh, myself from the session, yeah? So we take it um, from there, literally, I'd imagine it's like anything else when you clock off from a job. You go, right, okay, hang that key up there, hang that key card up there. I'm now going to, yeah put the other hat on and that's what I that's what I did now it's not that in any way shape or form things that I saw didn't affect me they did especially the very quick imagery of the woman being dragged underwater and being strangled by by rope um it's not that I'm trying to block it out and say that I haven't seen it but I'm trying to sort of put it in a different box until I do have a position to deal with it, okay? So get to an evening where I can stay up a little bit later on my own when everyone's in bed. I can have time to kind of process the emotions from it and just time to be like, okay, maybe I need to do a little bit more kind of meditation. Maybe I need to imagine, you know, there's a lovely meditation I do where a white light comes down from above and enters through my crown chakra which is right at the top of my head and comes down to the third eye and works its way all the way down the body all the way through the chakra system okay um and it might just be that sometimes I do have these conversations with my guides and I have them quite a lot and I'm like you know why do people do this why do people kill each other why um why do these things happen how can these things happen and my guide team are normally um pretty good they see things from a different perspective about um the soul's learning journey down here and how um every life we have you you can you can be the person in one life that is the the healer the doctor the nurse the one that everyone depends on the one that does all the charity fundraising the one that is totally devoted to to family life in another life you might be somebody who who could be violent i've i've had um some past lives where i have not been anywhere near the person that i am in this life and that doesn't make necessarily me bad now but I understand that at different points in lives I've had different experiences both positive and negative and I believe even in in the life that we have now we experience positive not you know and not positive there are points in all of our lives mine included especially when I was younger and maybe I said things to people or I did things and I look back now at where I've grown and I think wow really um and it's you know and that's part of my growth journey so i mean you know like if you're listening to this uh, i know i'm going off topic a little bit here and um, there, there's things in your past that you're ashamed of and things that you've done um i'm sure now 
you have a different perspective because maybe you've got more tools in your toolkit to deal with it and at the time you just you didn't maybe you didn't see a way out maybe you didn't feel there was anyone that you could reach out to um and maybe you can have that perspective now because you've grown and maybe there's things in your life that are available to you now that weren't back then okay um i don't think there's a really strong answer that we'll ever fully understand here or i'll fully understand here why people do do some of the incredibly dark things they do and i still always question it despite knowing that there are reasons above you know maybe what i can even comprehend i still do have moments where it is a little bit of a rant to my spirit guides i'm like you know how could somebody do that and how could somebody do this and how could this happen um but one thing i do know is that even in this life if you've been the victim of something and somebody has has done awful things to you or awful things to somebody you care about if you've lost somebody um because of another person's deliberate actions here on this earth no matter what the human world does to deal with that person that person when they cross to the spirit world will have you know that they will they will need to look they will be made to look at their journey on the earth both good and not so good and it's it's not like it will get brushed under the carpet do you know what i mean they'll be to grow and develop in the spirit world you have to be prepared to face what you've done learn from what you've done ask forgiveness for what you've done heal from what you've what you've done um and in some cases this can be why souls don't cross to the light not in in all cases but there's many reasons why um, a, a spirit a soul chooses to stay attached to this this world when um, they've left their physical body um so i talk it out with my my guide team and i talk it out and i have different oracle cards as well and although i don't need them to tune into my guidance or guidance i just like using them and i like getting some kind of insight um into yeah what what you know my feelings but also i have a high amount of gratitude to the spirit world for giving me or helping me nurture these gifts that i have to help lost souls and remove negative entities but also just to understand more about you know these subjects really um if i think about all the jobs i've ever had they've always been um care related or you know jobs where maybe i've been nurturing others protecting others as it makes total sense that the type of mediumship that i've gone into here is uh, rescue mediumship and and stopping negative entities from um controlling lost souls and causing problems here for light workers developing mediums particularly rescue mediums um so i talk about it um and sometimes i write i write things down i just find a way of kind of releasing it i find a nice kind of shower when i can manage it is is quite kind of therapeutic lighting lavender incense sticks and keeping things like gratitude journals that kind of divert my attention from some of the things that i've seen into 
the um, more positive things that, that happen in the world and the positive areas, uh, the light areas of the spirit world. But ultimately, um, and I'm sure anybody that I've worked with who has been developing their rescue mediumship gifts is when you have that feeling of helping a soul um, cross the light, listening to them, feeling those feelings that they're feeling as they're crossing over, as they're um, being reunited with their loved ones. Um, It's an incredibly beautiful but emotional feeling. It can bring tears to your eyes and it can really, really stay with you for for quite some time. Um, But that also is a wonderful feeling to know that um, when souls may be lost, that developing your gifts um, recognizing your gifts as a, as a rescue medium, understanding the activity around you can bring you to this place with your development where you can help lost souls, you can help somebody's life who's just been t- took away from them. Um, I find this particularly like with murder victims, um, find that peace again and let go of all that hurt and that anger, you know. So there's various different different things that I do. I don't ever want to become desensitized to it. You know, it's all about balance. I don't want to be sitting here after every session I do in such an emotional state because I can't move forward because, you know, that was maybe me years ago when I tuned into certain things. I felt like, oh, I need a break. You know, that was too much. I've learned from then, I've, uh, from those times and I've grown. Um, so sorry there's just a little bit of um, spiritual activity um, going on behind me where I can hear one of my guides Tobias going yes yeah you know sort of um, uh, nodding nodding along with me so I get a bit distracted there apologies but um, it's about balance I want to still have that empathy for what I do and those souls that come forward and I have that um but I don't want it to be so overwhelming that I can't cope with it, that I I end up taking long breaks from my work because I can't cope with it. And I don't want it to be like, I don't feel anything for them. I don't have any empathy for them. Do you know what I mean? Because then I think maybe, you know, if 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 that's the case and you're doing mediumship or rescue mediumship, I'd be really exploring, you know, why, why are you doing it? Because um, it does require a high level of, of empathy. And um, you should care about this work that you do. You should care about the souls that you're helping. You should care um, a- about this. Do you know what I mean? So those are the things that, that I do. Um, and just the advice I would give you all is, you know, it's it's not always an easy, easy path. Um, but I don't know one in life that truly ever is. But rescue mediumship is an incredibly rewarding, um, it's an incredibly rewarding gift. And obviously I feel in myself when I help um, people in this, in this life who are experiencing negative entities getting their life back on track, um, it, you know, that's a big reason why I'm um, doing more negative entity work now um, because um, 
I don't want these entities to get any more of a grip than they have been over the last few years taking advantage of the energetic shifts of this world. So coming up next, um, I'm just going to give a a little kind of shout out uh, to people um, and then that will be um, bringing the podcast to an end. Thanks everyone. Hi again everyone, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone that subscribes to uh, this podcast, thank you for all the likes I get on social media and the support I get, thank you to all the uh, people out there who who come to me and and place your trust in me to be able to support you, there are so many people out there that take people's money um, and they don't have the gifts developed to help them and it really does make a terrible name for us mediums who dedicate our life um, in service to the spirit world and, and to help others okay so thank you very much for your support I would just like to say um, hi to some special people out there who are, are really doing their best and really making changes and giving life everything they've got um, shout out to Sarah shout out to Christian shout out to Jane shout out to Lauren a shout out to everyone listening thank you so much for your support um, there's a link in the description of this podcast for the Raise Your Vibration Free workbook that I have on my website www alternativemedium.com it's a workbook that you can download and it just really gets you to kind of question how you're feeling about your your mediumship what kind of fears do you have and and what kind of how could you overcome them and all, all kinds of different things just to get you thinking about um why you're being drawn into mediumship particularly rescue mediumship okay um i'll put a link on there as well um for the youtube video that i um filmed with the kind of spirit box session for the um haunted accommodation um session and yeah again thank you for all your support and um i'll have um no doubt some more interesting adventures to bring you next week on mediumship um diaries take care everyone look after yourselves